Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. The Lord's got a word for us. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 7. Donna, good to see you always. Right after I told Donna, I said, you're going to get snowed on. Verse 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Today I'd like to preach a message simply entitled, it's what our theme is for today, Joy. Joy, everybody say joy. joy. Let's say a prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your faithfulness and goodness. Speak to our hearts today and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody say Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. When you have no hope, you have no joy. A lack of joy stems from a lack of hope. William Ward, an English missionary to India in the 19th century, said this, Discouragement is dissatisfaction with the past, distaste for the present, And distrust of the future. It's ingratitude for the blessings of yesterday. Indifference to the opportunities of today. And insecurity regarding strength for tomorrow. Somebody in this house today may be struggling with a lack of hope. A lack of joy. Discouragement even. You're in a dark place. And it seems as if the day will never dawn again. The shepherds in our reading were experiencing that kind of darkness. Not only from, from the darkness of the night, but from the darkness of the day in which they were living. Israel was under the iron boot of Rome. The religious system was dead. There was no hope. There was no joy. There was no strength for sure. And that is precisely when the angel of the Lord appeared to those shepherds. Right then and there. They're out in the fields. Right outside of Bethlehem. And their sheep weren't just any sheep. They were sheep used for sacrifices in the temple. Which was just a little bit north in Jerusalem. In these fields there was a watchtower. 
And it's where they used to literally watch over their flocks. It's called Migdal Eder. And it was this tower, and, and sometimes even they would bring the, ewe, the, ewe, the, the ewes, the ewe lambs, in to that tower to give birth to those, those little lambs that would become the sacrifices in the temple. And the angel of the Lord appeared as they were in those fields around that watchtower, and the angel said, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Let me set the scene. It's nighttime. They're under a blackened sky. There's no ambient light like we have. I mean, it's, it's a blackened sky, darkness all around. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere comes this brilliant light. It just, boom, hits, explodes onto the scene. The glory of the Lord, the Bible says, shone around them. And from other passages in the Bible, the glory of the Lord is described as being brighter than the noonday sun. You ever looked at the noonday sun? We had an eclipse a while back. It's always dangerous for Donovan. You know, I keep hearing those warnings, you're going to burn your eyes out. And I still, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, you know, one, one year I tried to make that box you know what I'm talking about? That box to look at it and get the shadow. and the, uh, It didn't work. And I'm, I'm like, it ain't working. You know? <laughs> and I kept hearing the voice, you're going to burn your eyes out. Uh, uh, but but the, the brightness of the noonday sun. So they're in country darkness. You know, there's a difference. No ambient light. Country darkness versus city darkness. Different. No ambient light. There, it's just country dark. And all of a sudden, a light as bright as the noonday sun explodes onto the scene. And, and it was jolting. It was stunning. And, and their natural, immediate reaction was afraid. They're fearful. They're fearful. The King James says they were sore afraid. You ever been sore afraid? That's really afraid. Simultaneously, the angel of the Lord appears right in front of them. And maybe because of the brightness, maybe all they saw was a silhouette, you know, like a shadow. And, and as soon as he appeared, he starts talking. Don't be afraid. I've got good news, good tidings of great joy. The Lamb of God has been born. Not just these lambs, but the Lamb of God has been born. And, and what God prophesied to Eve 4,000 years before, the seed of the woman is going to crush the head of the serpent. That's begun to become fulfilled. He, he's alive and kicking just right over there, over by the tower, maybe even in the tower. He's come to save the fallen sons of the daughters of sons and the, the fallen sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. And he's going to reverse the curse. I mean, talk about those who sat in darkness have seen a great light. It's amazing. Isaiah 52, 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your king reigns. Beautiful feet. It's an idiom in this verse. In other words, anyone who's traveled a great distance by foot, on foot, over mountains and through valleys and deserts, through dirt, dust, mud, manure, is going to have feet 
that are dirty, cut up, bruised up, bloodied up, manured up, splintered up, toenails messed up, dirty toenails. You never heard me say that up here before. Anything but beautiful feet. But if that person to whom those feet belong is bringing the best news ever, then those nasty, skanky feet. That's what we used, me and my cousin Randy used to say. Then those feet are beautiful. Why? Because the message is a beautiful message. The beauty of the message transforms the way we see the messenger. Even their feet are beautiful. And that night, that angel's feet, I'm sure they were beautiful already because it's an angel. But here's the deal. They were beautiful because of the message. God's word's been made flesh. God's on location. He's moved into the neighborhood. He's in control. He's going to finish what he started. What a contrast to the darkness that they were all experiencing in that day and time. So it's like the noonday sun just blew up on their midnight sky. The angel saying, let me tell you something. You're going to love this. This is going to make you happy. This is going to bring joy to your heart. Can I tell you that in this Christmas season, I want to remind somebody today that our God is all about calling people out of darkness and into his marvelous light. God has sent me to remind somebody today that he's about to break through the darkness and the bad news in your life with his glorious good news, the gospel. And your fear is about to be turned into great joy. You're looking at a man today right up here in front of your ever-loving eyes who's got some beautiful feet Because I have a beautiful message. God has moved on the scene. His word is working powerfully in your life. He's come to save and to rescue and to heal. He's in control and he's on the throne. Come on, in the midst of your darkness, in the midst of your disaster, in the midst of your distress and your trials and tribulations and your trouble, don't be afraid. I got a word for you that's going to put a smile on your face and a kick in your step and a gleam in your eye. God's got this. Give him some praise for it right now. Woo! In 1719, Isaac Watts penned the words to the song that we heard today. Parts of it a couple of times. Joy to the world. Every line is based on Bible verses. I love songs like that. Listen to this. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. We read it. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there's born a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Let earth receive her king. Psalm 98. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Break forth and sing for joy. Sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the electric guitar and the acoustic guitar and the keyboards and the drums and the bass. With trumpets and the sound of the horn. In Jesus' name, we'll get some of those. And shout joyfully before the King, the Lord. Let every heart prepare a room 
there was no room in the end. And then in Ephesians, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And heaven and nature sing, let the heavens be glad, Psalm 96. And let the earth rejoice and the sea roar. It goes on and on. Psalm 19, the heavens are telling of the glory of God. And their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Verse 2, joy to the Lord, the Savior reigns. There's been one born for you, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Let men their songs employ. I love the kids singing this old English stuff, right? Their songs employ. Psalm 96, sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Again, let the sea roar and the rivers clap and the mountains sing. Psalm 96 again, let the fields exult. Verse 3, no more let sins and sorrows grow. The law came in so that transgression would increase, but there where it sin increased, grace abounded more. Nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. We talked about it. The seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent, reverse the curse, and on and on. Verse 4, he rules the world with truth and grace. The word became flesh. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. John 1. And makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness. Psalm 96, Ezekiel 36, 23. I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and on and on. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord when I prove myself holy among you in their sight. And wonders of his love, Psalm 17, 7, NIV. Show me the wonders of your great love. Wherever the good news is preached, there's joy. And I know everybody's not going to receive it. Everybody's not going to hear it. But those that gladly receive the word, there's hope. And there is joy. And there is strength. Weeping may endure for the night. But joy comes in the morning. And I believe today he's turning morning into dancing. I believe today he's turning sorrow into joy. Come on now. God's going to do a work. Have you ever been to an old bitter, sour, dead, dried up religious service called church? I mean, the preacher's mad. The singers are mad. People are mad. The ushers are mad. They ain't got no greeters. Don't want to greet anybody who comes in. You know, They got scowlers. Who are you? Where do you come from? I mean, Sunday school teachers are mad. Music team's angry. Church is locked up tighter than a cuckoo clock, you know? Tighter than a kettle drum. Tighter than Willie Nelson's headband. <laughs> tighter than that person you're about to think of, their facelift. <laughs> their Botox. Tighter than those spandex, I'm sorry, <laughs> at Walmart, I, I'm sorry, that I didn't mean to say. I mean, there's no life, no hope, no new converts, 
The waters in the baptistry are never troubled. Nobody's getting the Holy Ghost. No real strength. No real joy. No young people. If they're there, they're mad too. Babies are mad. Screaming and hollering. Joyless churches are hopeless churches. And they don't have the strength to do what God's called them to do. Because they forgot to keep the main thing the main thing. And keep their focus on where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord. Our help comes from the good news. Our help comes from the good news. Hope comes from the good news of what God has done for us. The good news of what Christ has done for us. Bethesda is what we call a Christocentric, gospel-centered, gospel-proclaiming church. Jesus came into the world to save sinners, Paul said, of which I am the chief. We don't have any big eyes around here. We've got one big eye. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is what it is all about. We're here to make him famous. That's where joy is. That's where life is. That's where strength is. May we never lose our focus on Jesus. Give him some praise right now. I love you, Lord. I've been teaching a series. I'm 20 minutes in. I'm almost done. I've been teaching a series on the end time. Man. And, well, my goodness, about half y'all don't even know what I'm talking about on Wednesday nights, man. You can go listen to podcasts. It's okay. I know you're busy. I've been teaching on the end time. Yeah, Valerie said, or you could just come. You could just be here on Wednesday night. It'd be great. We really have a great crowd on Wednesday night. It's pretty awesome. But uh, I've been teaching on the end time and the Antichrist. But our main focus should never be on the Antichrist. Some people obsess over the Antichrist, the end time, Armageddon. It's just so dangerous, you know. That, that stuff makes you mad, you know. That stuff kind of ticks you off or makes you sad, depressed. The good news is this. Christ has come. I've been baptized in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm wall-to-wall spirit of God on the inside because he said he would fill me with his presence. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The book of Revelation, as a matter of fact, speaking of the end times, is not called the revelation of the beast or the revelation of the Antichrist or the revelation of six, six, or the revelation of Armageddon. The first five words of the book say, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Come on. Jason, Jason's at Urshan up there, and he's in school. He calls me one day. He's like, Pastor, guess what? The book of Revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I'm like, have you been with me so often, and you've not heard the words that I have said? You have to go away and hear somebody else say it. And then you're like. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Apostle John was banished to a dark place, a prison colony on the island of Patmos. But the light shone through in that dark 
place. He said it in the first, the very opening volley. He says, I was in the spirit of the Lord's day in this dark place. And I saw amazing things. Amazing things. The good news is where our strength comes from. It's where joy comes from. Those shepherds in the darkest of places, man. The angel's like, guess what, boys? When you hear what I say, you're going to get happy. They're still shepherds. Jesus got to grow up, you know, to his war. He's 30 years away from even starting his ministry. But he's like, you're going to be happy about this. It changed everything. And check this out. If, if it changed everything for them, then you fast forward. Ron's in the house, Ron's store, uh, and we have a nativity scene set up back there. Ron, when they used to go here back in the day, Ron would always, he would always correctly place the wise men at the nativity scene, which would be like over there at Walmart. Because the wise men didn't show up for a couple years. And so and the, poor, poor, the poor little wise men had to walk across Airline Highway, four lanes. It took them two years. They, that's, those guys, it took them two years to get here. They think he was just born. You know, they, anyhow, I, I digress. But it took two years. For, and, and the Bible says when they got there, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. The joy was still around. He's only two. So, I mean, you got baby Jesus. The shepherds are like, yes! I mean, it, it turned their frowns into smiles. The wise men, they see him as, as a toddler, just a little two-year-old running around. And, and, and it, it, he can't even speak hardly, you know? He's barely talking. Like, listen to baby Jesus. Uh, say Abba, say Abba. You know, the grandfather is going to say Saba, Saba. And, the, you know, they're... Safta, safta, you know, say grandma. And he's like, da-da. And and the wise men rejoiced with exceeding great joy. He wasn't casting out demons. He wasn't doing any of that stuff. He hadn't crushed the head of the serpent yet. But the wheels were in motion. God had moved into the neighborhood. And they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And I would say this. He has finished his work. He did He did die on a cross. The tomb is empty. He did ascend. He sat at the right hand of the Father and poured out the Spirit. He is our soon coming King. Sooner than ever before right now. Shouldn't we as well rejoice with exceeding great joy because, hey, He came. That's the good news. He came the first time. He's going to catch us up in the air the the second time. And then He's going to come back and rule and reign Give God some praise right now. Would you stand all across this house? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So many of us, we've been dried up, dried out. We are hope deprived. We are strength deprived, joy deprived. You know, the Bible said, The psalmist said, as the deer pants for the water brook. Yeah, that was all by design. (laughs) We did that on purpose. As the deer pants for the water brook, 
you know, the deer is, is yearning. Uh, I've been deer hunting a lot. Not lately. I love, I love the fact uh, Kelly was showing me uh, the deer he killed. And, and he had this really impressive tiny spike. Was it a spike? Was it a spike? Button spike? Four point. It's a four point. Three point. I don't know. Little bitty deer. Just a little fella. Spots. No, I'm kidding. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And he's like, but let me, let me show you what my son killed. Was it Colton? Who killed the deer? Austin. Austin killed. He's like, let me show. That's right. It was Austin. Let me show. Let me show you the deer that Austin killed. It looks like an elk, right? Gigantic spread, you know. I mean, you could hang a hammock in the spread just about take a nap. It's massive deer. It was hilarious. Well, I mean, it was awesome. Uh, it was awesome. And uh, wanted to tell you that story. I had a reason for it. I got it. I got it. The deer. I've been deer hunting. And uh, the deer, the one deer that I ever killed was thirsty. And, and the deer was crying out for the water brook. That's, it was early and it was really dark. I heard him before I saw him. And he was, he was just kind of bleating, as they say. And he was, he was going to get a drink. Right by my stand. And he never got a drink. How do I reel this back in? My goodness, I didn't know I was going to lose the crowd. It brought me and my, my Pawpaw Hill so much joy. Pawpaw was like, hey, look what my grandson did, man. It was awesome. It was awesome. But it was that, that, that little deer, he was, he was just hungry. He was hungry. He's a huge deer, actually. But he was hungry, thirsty, thirsty, thirsty. Some of us, some of us. Life, life's dried us out, you know. Can you relate? Life's dried us out. It's just like, man, it's been tough. It's been a dry spell. And, and we want, we want, we need. What we need is in the presence of God. What we need is the good news. We need to remember, the, revisit, reacquaint ourselves with the good news. I heard an illustration about a guy who came upon a wooden well bucket. And uh, back in the day, you know, wells and the bucket that went down. And um, he thought this well bucket was, it was useless. Because it had been sitting next to the barn in the sun and unused for a long time. And you could see daylight between the slats that made the bucket. And he said, this thing will never hold water again. But an older man, a wise man, came along. He tied the bucket to the well rope, and he led it down into the water below. He left it there for a couple of days. He came back, turned the crank, pulled up the bucket. It was full of clear, cool water because the water had resaturated those, those slats and grew them, and you couldn't. You couldn't see daylight now. 
they were sealed tight and it was able to hold the water and the bucket was useful again. God's wanting to tell somebody today, you can be useful again. I can fill in the blanks. I can make it where you can hold. You have capacity again to hold what I'm doing and what I want to do. And I can work through you. And I can, I can revitalize you. I can reinvigorate you. You just got to be saturated with hope and the good news, the spirit, and the joy of the Lord that comes as the result. Amen. I want to say a prayer. Father, I thank you so much for your goodness and your faithfulness, your kindness, of course, Lord. But I want to thank you that today, this day, this day, as Jimbo preached last week, this day that the Lord has made, we know it started at night because that's the way he designed it. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.